Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Agile Pubcasts. I'm Jeff Watts and I'm here with Paul Goddard and Nigel Baker in the Docksider Bar in Docklands, London, next to the XL Arena where the Scrum Gathering is being held. So this episode we're going to talk about our experiences the first day and a half of the Scrum Gathering. Enjoy! Good afternoon, cheers. everyone. Good cheers. afternoon. And cheers again. What is this strange thing we're doing called a pubcast? I know, it feels like we've got a special guest that is never normally here anymore. When was the last time you were on, Nice. I cannot remember, but Ooh. I'm sure it's very uh, memorable. Mind you, we did have a long break over the summer. Yeah, I think it was back in spring sometime, yeah. I think. When the weather was lovely. Like today. It's gorgeous today. So we're at the... Dockside Bar, which is part of the Aloft Hotel. Um, we just ducked out of, at lunchtime, gathering on day two. Uh, we would normally be finding a pub, but for various reasons, we are we're not in an actual pub. We're just in a bar. Yes, it's good enough. It'll do. It'll do for yeah. now. Yeah. What have you got in your glass, Jeff? Goose. A goose. A goose. Island IPA. Uh, I've had it before. I like it. I was curious about the Curious IPA, but curiously, it's not on, so no. I couldn't have it. So how would you describe the flavours of this uh, IPA? Taking a sip. Quite, it's a bit sharp. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, fresh. It's quite cold, actually. Colder than normal. But a little bit bubbly. The glass is rather fetching. I do like, I'm a bit of a sucker for a gimmick, I do like a, a beer that's served in its own glass. Mm. So for those of you out there, because that's great podcast material describing it, it's a rather fetching, sort of, I would say, a hipster goose in yeah. good fonts. We'll take uh, a picture. Yeah. We can put yeah. pictures on, can't we? Yep. Magic. Yeah. Yeah, no video today. No. Cool, and what are you guys drinking? Very colourful. Fruity ciders, me and Nigel on the um, recorder league. I've got pear. Um, premium pear, and what have you got? You've got the berry one. I've got the premium wild berries, oh. so I turned down the standard wild berries <laughs> and the premium economy wild berries. I went for the wild berries. That's a pear cider as well. Oh, yes, it is. It actually, me, it's a perry. Pear ciders are perries, yeah. yeah. They're not, not pear, pear ciders, cider. it's perry. Yeah, it's like saying, it's like saying agile project managers, like the two words they go together, <laughs> didn't they? Yeah, well, that starts, I mean, to go on. Yeah, but it's quite nice, I think, um, for a midday drink. It's rather pleasant with some berryness. Yeah, uh, it's so a nice it's like a dessert summary drink. It? Yeah, it's quite smooth. I think I needed that after yesterday. Oh, yeah. good colour. Why, why, why did you need it after yesterday? What happened yesterday? Yesterday, well, of, of the many good things that happened at the Scrum Gatherings that we all love, was the Monday Mingle. Okay. Right. Where we very most mostly mingled. <laughs> love a mingle. Love a mingle. And mingled till quite late. And it was very enjoyable, lots of good conversations. But it meant I left, I think, half my voice behind. Mm. And... Um, not necessarily an appetite for a strong drink at lunch. No, no, no I'd agree with that. Yeah. Hair of the dog? Um, if it was a dog, it was a really big dog. Mm. A really hairy one. Mm. Um, where does that phrase come from? Hair of the dog? It's the hair of the dog that bit you. It's like an old yeah. um, witch's potion thing, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Curious phrase. Yeah. You curious used, that? I'm curious. You used the phrase. Um, always makes me laugh when you do you feel you have to qualify your references and mm-hmm. you did it today when you said flogging a dead horse yeah 
Well, I've been doing a bit of work in Germany recently, and I realised not a lot of my idioms and metaphors yeah, and idi English translate. idiosyncrasies translate very well. But it seemed most people kind of nodded at you yeah. when you said that. I think it's relatively self-explanatory yeah. yeah. compared to some of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But um, I do like a good idiom. I quite enjoyed when Paul opened up the gathering and managed to get a Paul Daniels reference here, <laughs> <laughs> which at least four people of the 900 there got. So I quite enjoyed it. I didn't realise I'd said it. What so was it? Not a lot. Yeah, said yes, Paul. I said yes, Paul. I asked the audience to, I think, to confirm they'd heard me or to confirm yeah. that they understood. And I just dropped in and said yes, Paul. But I think only Nigel and maybe one or two other people got it in the audience. Mm. Target reference. Was it deliberate? No, well, I, I, I didn't realise I said it. I didn't well, you did it in the style he did it, so you must have known as you were doing I it. I probably did, but it's probably something I do all the time, but I don't realise I'm doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. And a lot of uh, podcast listeners won't know what the hell we're talking about either. No. But, so. but if they want to find out more about Paul Daniels, yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so... Um, so ha ha from your perspective, you put a lot of effort into this gathering, Paul. How, how you feel now? It's here. Yeah. So obviously, for those that don't know, I was part of the organising committee for this. Um, so it did involve a lot of, um, especially in the last couple of weeks, it's been quite intense in terms of phone calls and organising logistics and things like that. But it's no mean feat. No. It's um, and it's a, a lot of that comes in the, the kind of last five six days before it starts. So I've been at this this hotel at the venue since last Thursday, which today's, today's Tuesday, right? So I'm going to be here for six nights in total. So it's a long stint, it's a long, um, and the days are long. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm here a lot and I'm, I've got to be on stage and I've got to be up front early for rehearsals. So there's a lot of um, stuff that goes on behind, behind the scenes. There's a lot of people working very hard, but from, it's quite, you know, a sense of satisfaction that something you have been working on for that long actually comes to fruition and it's nice to see some of the ideas that we have had have been have been carried through so hmm. and just from walking the walking the halls a lot of people have said lots of uh and overhearing lots of positive conversations and that, yeah that's nice yes i think it's yeah the things that have been said to me maybe it's just because they've it was they passed me in the corridor but <laughs> generally the the things that i'm hearing have been quite positive rather than negative yeah so it's nice to know that yeah people appreciate it and quite a large percentage of people first timers so um, at the beginning of the conference I asked people to stand up or to, or to try and identify who was in the room who had never been to one of these before and I'd say about half the room of the 862 people there about half hadn't mm. which is you know, it's quite a lot of people that yeah. are, are still first time at these gatherings mm -hmm. so because they always they've kind of morphed over the years that these things have always seemed always seem quite community based and um, they've got bigger over the years and the focus has probably changed to more conference rather than um, what's the word I'm looking for um, gathering yeah but but not gathering but intimate okay. that's what I mean. yeah. more intimate mm. gathering so I think it's changed the focus has changed and the, and the formats have to change with it yeah less of a retreat isn't it yeah. it yeah it's more um, certainly more of a formal broader education piece than a mm. A social community piece. But for me, there's been some really great positives with this gathering so far. Okay. So bearing in mind, we are recording this halfway through. Yeah. So we could all go horribly wrong tomorrow. <laughs> but Excellent. the moment, what I like particularly has been pointed out to me a couple of times, is the outside speakers. So yeah. that outside speaker concept, uh, you've 
come up with. When you say outside, you mean outside of the Scrum community? Yeah, or just Agile in general. So it's not even sort of the wider Agile church, just people from different, completely different areas or, or angles bringing their experiences and their learning to us. And we can take a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've, I've liked it before, I like it again, but Neil Malarkey did his improv uh, stuff with us. And I find that so connected to how we work and mm-hmm. so connected with what we do. Um, I was just very, even I've seen it before, I was very inspired by that. And um, I realised how much I, I pay homage to them <laughs> in my own courses. And by the way, I think that's French for lip off um, <laughs> in terms of how he describes just life and work and creativity. So I got a lot from that and it's my second or third time. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We did try to do that. and. I've, me and Jeff have talked a long, long, you know, there's somebody pushing our courses a lot, especially in the advanced courses we do, but trying to change the paradigm um, and change people's perspectives. And regardless of what the talk was about, um, even if you didn't fully understand the context that they were talking within, people can apply their own yeah. problems to those mm. situations and then view it from their own perspective. So we try to do that, especially with the keynotes. We try something again new this year, new for the gathering which is fairly unconventional for gatherings is rather than one dedicated keynote to all attendees we split to run two keynotes simultaneously in the mornings so people were a bit initially quite confused we felt we had to really reiterate that and, and drive that home in terms of you have a choice and people didn't like the choice initially so, oh, I, don't, I don't know how to I don't know, choose for, please choose for me there's FOMO though isn't it fear of missing out exactly so what's going on in the, in the other room so the good news is that those people will get kind of exclusive access to the other keynotes on, on video, so there will be a chance to catch up with what you missed. Yeah, it was a lot of technology here this time. It was. It was quite yeah, lots very, of cameras. Yeah. So we wanted it. Yeah, we wanted it for those things to be takeaways that you could. In fact, you can come back to them and, and see them again. So that was quite a nice little bonus that we had. But no, yeah, it's 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 exhausting. It's um it's only halfway through. Yeah. I don't feel like I've had a lot of sleep. Partly, some, some of that's due to my own fault, but um, I'm, in, I'm kind of enjoying it, I'm trying to take time to enjoy it, because it has been a lot of effort so far. Yeah. That's the issue with these things, they're over so quickly, mm. you want to make sure you breathe it in while it's going on, because yeah. it's a long time over. Yeah, I can't imagine you signing up to do another one anytime soon, so no, I need a bit of here. I need a bit of a rest, I need a bit of a rest, so. But yeah, but you two both had your sessions, also, Nigel you had your session yesterday, which was the Monday, day one. Yeah. Jeff had yours. Just come from just, mine. Just and um, so let's start with Nigel. How did yours go, Nigel? I was very happy with how mine went. Okay. I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, I did a session on product owner, a servant leader. So looking into the aspects of Greenleaf servant leadership and how we can cross apply that into the product owner job and make that job more emotionally intelligent, or at least make it less. Um, grumpy old boss, which mm-hmm. it historically may have been, or in some places just renamed business an- analyst, which of course is, yeah, is <laughs> that, is that do you want to edit that and you do that No, again? no, it's, <laughs> hard, it's the wild berry cider, my dislike of analysts. It's not no, an easy word to say. It's not easy. Um, but the, do you think there is a stereotype then, the stereotypical product owner? Do you think people yeah. have that perspective or do you think that's, well, that's I, what we think? Well, again, this I think most people's stereotype of a product owner these days is agile business okay. analyst. 
Um, use a story writer. Yes, use a story, uh, making them rain, yeah. basically, making the stories rain. Stress, 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 stories, stories, stories. Documentation. But I remember when we started, and thinking of the product owner very much as a traditional fat cat businessman, you know, mm. someone disconnected from IT, IT ignorant, and probably holding a bit... Holding a bag of cash. Yeah. yeah, holding a bag of cash, a bit contemptuous of IT, can make a decision, but they're not really interested in what we do, so they want to tell us what to build, and we work out how to build it. And of course, you know, I used um, a, a, a reference that we've got to be a little bit careful with for some of our listeners, but Donald Trump mm. saying that well, this is a person of power, but I think whether you love or hate him, we can all agree, lacks emotional intelligence. <laughs> right? And so uh, the idea of a product owner being someone powerful but lacking nuance is maybe an image that we don't want. And so the idea of my presentation was saying, how do we create, how do we add that to the type of role that we want in our work. So I looked through Greenleaf's research, his books, some of the books that came after him from his um, uh, acolytes, and pulled out some key characteristics from them and talked to those in the presentation. Um, now the thing is, I did it, I'm not going to say I did it straight, because as you know, I like a joke in a presentation. Um, I can't do anything seriously, <laughs> so I can't, physically can't. Um, so I, it was done with, with, with a, with a tongue-in-cheek in places. Mm. But I, uh, the last few conference presentations I've done, I went to a lot of effort and a lot of stagecraft mm. to create like an experience, make a bit of an impact. Yeah, people were wondering what costume you were going to wear this time. Yeah, yeah I, well, I was the devil at the last conference, <laughs> Lucifer himself, yeah. which was just a black suit, by the way. It wasn't like the full red-caped horned <laughs> regalia for those of you out there looking for a, a mental image. <laughs> But I, this time I just thought, no, I'm just going to get right back to the soul of it. I don't want to make a mockery of the topic. I want to take yeah. it quite straight. Mm. So I deliberately sort of pare back the slides, black writing, white backgrounds. Yeah. I did some crayon drawings just for the imagery. And, but um, the feedback's been quite good on your session from what I've seen. Yeah, it's been very good. It's been mm. very good. And, had, and I have to confess I'm partly to blame for this, but we put a bit of pressure on you to... Um, from your initial submission in, in the process, yeah. we, we wanted... We were, for everyone and not just Nigel, we were trying to stress that we wanted some new presentations, some new... Yeah. So tell us something that this, this gathering hasn't seen before and, yeah. and try and challenge people for new mm. material. Yeah, because I did do a presentation in Minneapolis on Advanced Agile and I kind of wanted to run that one here because I put all the effort in and I could get a second <laughs> run out of it. Um, but Paul was the ultimate product owner and went, no, I want new content and I'll have new content from you, Nigel. And so I produced this. Um, but as well, it went really well, got loads of feedback in the corridors, got good feedback on the app. Um, a lot of people seem to get stuff out of it. The social media reaction was quite good as well. So all in oh. all, I'm quite happy about that. It, um, I was expecting it to be a bit of a utility slot, you know, a bit of a, just be a team player, mm -hmm. have a good section, nothing fancy, a nice good content, fill the, fill the ranks. Um, but I think it was a little bit better than that. Good. Uh, I'm quite um, pleasantly surprised. It's an interesting take because most people are just starting to get their heads around the, the idea of the Scrum Master being a servant leader. Yeah, and actually in that room there was about 100 people, maybe more, uh, maybe 120 actually. There was about eight Scrum, eight product owners in there. Really? <laughs> right. Most of the people were agile coaches. Really? And most of them had no concept of servant leadership. So they were gobbling it up as servant leadership. I could have just done servant leadership and I think a lot of that room would have been yeah. happy. So this, this is something, again, from, from our perspective as the gathering team here, we wanted to put a, a bigger focus on the product ownership angle to Scrum. We Generally, numbers would suggest when you look back, 
on empirical data that we don't generally get a lot of product owners at these events. No. Um, and that's something we wanted to address. We dedicated a whole track of the learning, the education at this conference to creating better product owners. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we, we were hoping to appeal to those people in, the, in those roles. And I think slowly, the, some, a couple, again, a bit of feedback we've had, we did get a couple, just a couple of people that came forward and said, it was good that you, d you did that. And there's a couple of product specific um, product managers yeah. from organizations that attended and, and realized that there was something for them yeah. there, which was good. What I spotted was something I hadn't really noticed in the industry before. And again, this is my ignorance, um, uh, product coaches. So people who regard themselves coaching on product development, okay. not coaching on agile. Agile is just another string in their bow. And there's a few of those people in the room because I saw their reactions and their okay. follows afterwards okay. on, um, on on Twitter. So, so this, yeah, because we, we did a bit of um, research before the gathering on um, on product owners, and yeah, the, the lot, most product owners in Scrum teams, if they're serious product managers, wouldn't go to a Scrum gathering. Tends to be other product-centric conferences. Mind the product is what is yep. a big one, I think, and things like that. So we wanted to make this more attractive to the product community. Have you got any way of tracking whether that's happened or not? Well, I think that that tracking tends to happen after the gathering is completed, when they okay. look back over the registrations, who turned up, True. Um, who signed in, and things like that. Because so this is going to be the first step, isn't it? Now the scrum needs to build on this yeah, to yeah. grow that. Uh, that, that well, hopefully, yeah. I think in many ways we've turned a few turned a few heads, we're trying to do things a bit differently, engineer things a bit differently, to try and change change the gathering structure, the mould, to a degree. Yeah. What about I you, like, Jeff? Well, well, I liked, I liked, I'll come on to my session in oh, a minute, okay. but I, I, I liked, going back to something you said earlier on about the keynotes being from outside, well, not just the keynotes, but quite a few of the sessions from outside the Scrum community. I like the fact that a lot of these things are applicable to any situation, any domain, but also humans in general. So my session was about getting greater self-awareness and self-management as a product owner. It was called a mindful approach to product ownership. Um, and I got a little bit of a laugh in the room when I said this isn't just for product owners because believe it or not, despite the rumours, product owners are, are actually human beings. <laughs> and so they have the same insecurities, the same frailties, the same challenges as any other human being. Um, and that's, that's, that's where I think a lot of the scrum community is at at the moment it's not necessarily a, a framework issue or a process issue it's all people issues mm. um, whether it's about yourself or understanding and empathizing and collaborating with others yeah. so malarkey collaboration isn't it that's what mm. that's all about yeah. part of it to do with yourself part of it to do with others part of it to do with the environment but it's it's all to do with people mm. yeah it's good yeah, but I also I, I want to make clear it wasn't just about the keynotes or about our sessions. Though our sessions were amazing. Yeah, it's just what's on our mind at the moment because you've both yeah. just done your sessions. Yeah, so. but I've, I've, I have been to more sessions on this one I think than most because a lot of the gatherings in the last few years, it's been topics that, to be frank, I've seen before. Mm -hmm. So you said, Paul said, we don't want to have repeats. I think the risk. So have is you, is you have you seen new things? You think from the sessions you've been to? Have you seen? Have you learned anything new? Yeah, have I've definitely done some new things. Yeah. I've definitely done some new things. Um, but and also that's been true. Yeah, so I have picked up skills and mm. tools, and I find that quite nice. Mm. Um, I thought the session lengths were quite interesting as well. Okay. In terms of the forty-five minutes or an hour and a quarter, mm -hmm. I think that's about the right length for me. Okay. Really, um, I think as a presenter, they're quite like an hour and a quarter. 
I think as an observer, I quite like 45 minutes. <laughs> you know, I've, I've got short attention span notoriously, and that was that was enough for me. Yes, you know, perfect. I get a good slice, a good yeah. details, and then then I can have a think about it and head on out. Yeah. So I quite like that. Um, I quite like the 45 minutes that I have. Yeah. <laughs> I have 30, 30 minutes of talking mostly, and then 15 minutes of discussion. And it was a good discussion. I actually had quite a lot of engagement, a lot of people talking, yeah. asking questions, and. I like that. It was a bit more of an, even though there was you know, over a hundred people there, it was it was still relatively informal and yeah. conversation. Mm-hmm. So because yeah, I came in around the Q and A starting, and it really was quite vibrant. I don't mean vibrant in a lots of interesting ideas, interesting questions, interesting thoughts, interesting discussions going on. I think that, that golf and I feel Q and A periods can just be a and now we have Q and A. Cheers, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's very dead and quiet. And actually, this camp, conference in general, the attendee quality we've had here seems to be slightly I'm not saying higher but more engaged yeah, yeah, and yeah. more engaging mm-hmm. so I imagine if you did a workshop in some of these uh, sessions you could get a lot more out of the attendees mm, yeah. when in the past I've done workshop based uh, sessions mm-hmm. and it's fallen a bit flat because yeah. the attendees have been um, quite new quite yeah. not knowing much about it and a bit reserved yeah. and so struggling a bit more with those things mm. it's interesting because it is a again the scrum light helps us understand this but this it's the largest European gathering ever, so in terms of numbers of attendees. Mm-hmm. There's also, well, there's over 50 different countries represented here, so it's not just, I don't know the split of those as to how many, how many attendees from each country, but um, that is quite a, a wide range of, yeah. of, of, of different uh, attitudes and different, you know, different perspectives on things. So, but, you know, you could, could you argue maybe the UK space is probably, like you'd say, a bit more engaged than others? You know, mm-hmm. they've been on this journey maybe a bit longer than some of the other yeah. um, the locations for these gatherings. Maybe that plays a part, I don't know. But yeah, we t- also we tried, again, a conscious thing we did as, a, as an organising group. Feedback from the last Dublin gathering was there wasn't enough and more advanced sessions. Mm-hmm. So we've tried to appeal to you know to challenge people to to stretch we had a guidance level of guidance under the review submission process that try and score your your own proposal based on a learning of one being very you know quite junior and inexperienced all the way up to 10 so there's a bit of a range there that people could have some fairly advanced material Mm -hmm. if they felt up to it yeah. You still need to have a fair split of both, of course. There's mm. been some beginner sessions as Especially well. Especially when you've got 400 newbies. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Not necessarily newbies, but new to the gathering. So, so they don't, seen and the they don't know how it works here. Yeah, so um, you, don't, you want to keep those people interested and yeah. keep them engaged, but equally you want, we want to try and re-engage with the, the more advanced, yeah. the more, um, you know, those that are further on their journey. So there needs to be something. Yeah, but it's just got so big that the gathering's trying to cater for 800 people. Yeah. There's always going to be some people that, let, that leave disappointed. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got to kind of live with that. Yeah. But, um, Just making the wrong choices in the wrong sessions, and yeah, but there's always um, uh, always uh, downsides as well at gatherings. Um, this one's been pretty good from my point of view as an outsider. So far, like you say, so, so, far, far. so far, day three. <laughs> God, that riot, um, <laughs> carnage. Um, but just the AV's been a little bit flaky, isn't it, at times, I think. I think with new technology, machine, yeah. yeah, when you, well, I think it's more my machine than their stuff, okay. but, well, I don't know, but the idea is, I think, when you start pushing the envelope with technology, you know, live streaming sessions and recording them for playback, that's cool and it's brilliant. However, you know, I think it's still a work in progress. It's funny, like we say pushing the envelope, but I was, I was speaking at NDC in Oslo years and years ago, like eight, nine years ago, and they had 
every like eight rooms, every session was recorded and live streamed to a TV that people could watch in the balcony, and you could switch your headset to whichever channel you wanted to listen in. That was a long time ago. I didn't see yeah. why that that's that's out of reach for just gatherings like this. But yeah. it was still a lot further on than it's been before. Yeah. I think with those with those sort of things comes trial and error. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting your retrospective at the end. And there's a lot of other things that you guys probably haven't seen behind the scenes that have been wrong and had to be put right. But that's the nature of these things. It's the nature of some of the experiments you run. You said before, it's this experimental conference, there's some new ideas that sound cool, new ones that sounded cool and haven't quite come off. Mm -hmm. So it's all about inspect and adapt really. And that's the least good thing about having these constant gatherings is you can inspect and adapt as you go. Are some people um, transitioning on to the next gathering from your team? Yeah, so um, Tony Richards is the only member of our team who's staying on, but there's a there's a raft of new volunteers coming through for the for the Vienna gathering, which is this time next year, so kind of October 2019. So, so at the moment, halfway through, yeah. uh, what do you see as being some of the things you would like to see roll forward personally into the future gatherings? Um, I think the idea of simplified streams um, I think that makes I think people struggle with choices I think people when you've got multiple different um, very um, convoluted stream names people get quite confused we try deliberately try to keep this quite simple give people less choice um, the idea of learning from outside other industries um, but we, we tried also to we tried a few things to make it more unique to the location so we tried some um, the idea of speaker's corner um, which hasn't been as well received as we probably hoped but that's partly due to the venue space but the idea of trying to tie something that's quite unique to the location to the gathering to make it a bit more give it a bit more identity all speakers, all, all speakers had to include some cockney rhyming slang yeah all right and <laughs> um, my, my friend Rob who's here said I should have dressed up as, as the pearly king on, and gone up on stage um, but uh, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah. So, God blimey, Mary Poppins. So yeah, we didn't go quite that far. Didn't that, not quite that cliche. But but I made a promise that I wasn't going to dress up in costume because I I didn't want to dress up in costume. I just didn't want to dress up in costume <laughs> on stage in front of 800 people. So that wasn't going to happen. But no, we tried. To, we tried to give it a sense of identity. Um, we tried to alter with the idea of, of the, this fishbowl idea, which is something fairly new to gatherings. It's not new to conferences mm-hmm. in other areas, but it's new to the Scrum Gathering of a facilitated conversation um, based around, I, mean, I think it's hopefully going to be a more advanced, slightly more advanced topic, but to get some level of um, conversation which people can observe and then also chip into if they want to dive in and, and join in the conversation. But it requires a bit more facilitation, so um, we've, at this point in time, Tuesday, um, kind of mid-afternoon, we haven't had that yet, but it's about to start, so I'm going to go in and shortly and dip my head into that to see how it's going but that's that's something fairly exciting for me because the it's an unscripted debate yeah but i think the, the key word is debate and it has to be well facilitated so it doesn't become toxic but yeah. um it's got to be interesting to to watch and yeah observe. i think i'm going to go to that and have a little nose i think this type of place i think i can imagine you thriving nose <laughs> and we'd be able so there's, to there's opportunity for audience participation isn't yeah it? Oh, so you can step up if there's an empty chair the idea is there's an empty chair I think I'm not sure there are numbers there's constraints around us but there has to be a there always has to be one empty chair in the yeah. centre so when someone leaves one other person can join but there has to be yeah. one empty chair so. when someone joins someone leaves yeah, yeah so 
Well, that's going to so, be fascinating. Yeah. I think I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, you have to try and dip into that one. But no, as far, as far as anything else, I hope they take forward. I think, you know, I, I don't want to go into too much details on here, but we we, we have, as a team, we, we challenged the Scrum Alliance. We, we pushed quite hard for a lot of things to be done differently, yeah. um, to, to, just to change the structure and change the somewhat traditional approach of these gatherings. So we've, yeah. um, I think we've done that. I think, you know, I think we've made... A little bit of progress. Yeah, I think that's good. And you don't want anything to become too codified, as it becomes all uh, just cold and grey and uh, dull. And so the idea of being able to inspect and adapt conferences yeah. is just equally as important as software. Well, I've I've, I've I've enjoyed myself so far. It's been good. It's been informative. It's been interesting. It's been great to catch up with people. Well, this is the thing: is that uh, the, the idea of gathering, I think, more historically was around a lot of people globally dispersed that would get together just to regroup yeah and I know that we're quite lucky that we we probably regroup more often than others but um, there are people at these conferences that I haven't seen since well there's some people I haven't seen for about 10 years I'd, I'd say um, which is you know which is you know, and, and, and it never used to be like that no, you know, in, the, in no. those days but yeah. um, I think as the community's got larger and um, the transformations have become wider. I mm-hmm. think I think people have to become a little bit more distant. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's hard. It's, there's so many calls on our time these days. There's so many places we can go to learn. And so it's uh, I think things like gatherings and retreats are more important than ever. So you don't lose your soul. Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy. There's a wealth of agile coaches here now. Think of agile coach as a job title 10, 15 years ago, almost unheard of. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. And now everyone's an agile coach here. Okay, and that's great, but it's easy to lose your soul when you're out there. You know. When you're, as I said before, when you're staring into the abyss, the abyss stares into you. I, when you're trying to coach some big, scary organisation, it's as easy to become corrupted as it is to help them change. And just be able to come to these places and just touch base with people, just have a human connection with people with similar experiences. For me, it's something that can be easily overlooked when you're planning your year, planning your personal development. Do you see these for yourselves? It's probably a bit different for me in this particular gathering, as an example. But do you see this as a bit of? these three days as respite or do you see these as you know education pieces what how do you how what's your kind of ambition for these three days okay so if we spoke to joe back in the office mm. she would say business development okay. which i'm hopeless at. Yeah. Uh, if you spoke <laughs> to me uh, for me it's all about education a little bit yeah. I've, I've learned everyone but it's more the community stuff okay. so for me it's more the just staying in touch with the community a lot of people I've trained have turned up to this one mm. so it's really good to catch up there's someone here this brilliant coach when I first met her she just got into scrum did not even I don't think she was in scrum before she did the course now she's a, an agile coach developing up having her own successes and failures and embracing them both and it's just lovely to have a 20 minute chat earlier on today about that about where she's been, where she's going. Um, it made me feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surprisingly, here, even her challenges thinking, but you're fighting the good fight, you're doing a good job. Um, this is something we're all working on together. And that was nice. And correspond with other trainers, you, you can talk about technique, also just talk about things on the road. How do you do this? How do you do that? What's the trick for this? They're all just, it's that little ecosystem around it. And the community building is one of the things I talked about in my servant leadership talk. You know, the idea of a servant leader builds communities. I think the Scrum Alliance, to a certain extent, can be a servant leader of the community, mm-hmm. building communities, growing, yeah. offering stewardship, and that's why I thought Howard was a great um, fit. We should probably mention Howard because that mm. might not be widely, well, within the Scrum Alliance membership maybe, but 
so Howard Sublet, who's a fairly well-known, you know, uh, we, 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 Howard's appeared on this podcast before. Yep. So in Munich, I'm going to say Munich, yeah. me and Jeff were able to grab Howard for a, a, a beer. So if you want to go back um, through a, you know, through the lists and through the, your uh, subscription, which I'm sure you are all now subscribed to the podcast, you'll see previous episodes. But Howard appeared on the podcast before, and Howard's just taken um, a new role at the Scrum Alliance, the Scrum Alliance called Chief Product Owner, which, um, which you'd think at the time... Um, that shouldn't be a surprise, but it was a surprise to most of us. Yeah. But Howard's um, Howard's taken that role. No, we don't really know what that role entails yet. Um, but well, it's it's to manage the product that is the Scrum Alliance. Yeah. So viewing the Scrum Alliance as a product in yeah. itself. Okay. And I spoke to him about this, and he was telling me it's very much an outward-facing role. Mm-hmm. So it's not about organisational structures and line management like the leaders of the Scrum Alliance have traditionally done, but more interfacing into the community communities, understanding their needs, being out there, listening to customers, uh, requests, etc. And being that face of the Scrum Alliance, that yeah. soul of the Scrum Alliance is often like. But the good thing is he's got a good connection with that community. He's always oh, he's been a very much a community-focused yeah. guy. So. And he, he introduced me to a, a phrase that I really like, which is the, the Scrum Unity Service. Yeah. He wants yeah. to push Scrum Unity Service. Like being more of a service to the community. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's good. I like it. I think we, we, years ago, we used to have voluntary work as part of our expectations of our role. Yeah. Right? We, all, we all had to do some voluntary work, mm. and both contributing to the community, but also contributing to the Scrum Alliance. Mm. And that well, I, I guess fell away. I yeah, well, I guess the trouble is, is if you make it compulsory, it's no longer voluntary, is it? Mm. Because I think it's the big problem for me with that sort of thing, it becomes servitude. We should be doing this stuff because we want to, mm. not because the Alliance sort of makes us. But um, Howard inspired me with two things. I saw, again, I don't know the details, so if you can see it on Twitter, but him and the Scrum Alliance staff did some work building mm-hmm. housing uh-huh. in, in an area uh-huh. uh, recently. And I thought it was really interesting, community work, as mm-hmm. you said. And um, when I was talking to him just the other day, he said that what he thinks he brings to this product in a role is like key skill, he says, is empathy. The idea of empathy, mm-hmm. the idea of having a real um, desire to solve the needs of problems, help people find their issues, help help them help themselves. And again, servant leadership aspect mm-hmm. that I think yeah. that, uh, that's been definitely been lacking historically in many organisations. So I'm, 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 I'm pleasantly surprised he was picked and I am uh, very hopeful for the future mm. in that role. I have a nice way to, to finish it without kind of look to the future. I'm hopeful, mm. hopeful of good things. Hmm. Good. Well, I hope the rest of the conference doesn't disappoint. Yeah, yes. so let's drink to that. Keep on that trend. Well done. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Nice to see you. Ta-da.